I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is a treat. We have with us Jono, Jono Hendricks. Jono, welcome brother. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Love you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice to have you here, brother. For those tuning into Johnny for the first time, he's the co-founder of um, Option C Recovery. Wow. Where did this begin? Tell us about Option C Recovery, man. What's going on? Yeah, man. Um, first, thanks for having me. Um, and then, yeah, Option C Recovery is, um, uh, well, it, it's... Um, kind of a new outlook on the entire recovery paradigm, if you will. Um, and its origin is the byproduct of my personal story. So I've been sober now for just over four years. And when I first entered the rooms of the 12 steps and, and started going to AA meetings and what have you, personally, I felt rather limited rather early on in the process. And, and I realized myself that I was actually feeling like I would have more success if I just went and like did it on my own right mm. and the, the reason that I felt like I had to do it on my own was because there was really only this kind of like one 
mold for recovery, right? The way that everybody mm. does it, and this is what works. Work it like it works if you work it. They say, mm-hmm. you know, and and I just didn't vibe with it. I didn't align with it. Um, and so through doing that, I actually managed to generate quite a bit of success for myself in my sobriety. Um, but ultimately realized that like this one size fits all kind of methodology is, is for sure not the most efficient or most conducive to the actual growth of humanity, right? Um, and so based on that simple idea, Option C Recovery found its birth. Um, and then we've done quite a bit of expansion since then. I met my co-founder. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where it started. Um, uh, we're, we're building a mobile application uh, at the foundation of everything that we're doing. And then from there expanding into uh, a large plethora of other activities and events. So Interesting, man. So it stems from your own personal journey and I, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's go into that a little bit if it's okay with you. Tell us a little bit about what was going on in your world. Sobriety um, comes in many different forms and fashions. Um, what was it that was, you know, what have you learned on your healing journey? What was it that was present for you? Um, and then subsequently, how did you heal using option C? So let's start with what was going on in your world. Yeah, man. Um, so like when I think it's best to just kind of go back to the beginning a little bit here, like yeah, when I was, when I was young, when I was a child, um, I, I had this grander kind of like conscious awareness, you know, I, I had this, capacity to like zoom out and really look at the big picture Mm. and I was always questioning everything like literally everything um and my parents my teachers my mentors like no one in my world really supported that let alone like provided answers or helped me find them they just Mm. kind of like tried to shut me up if you will you know Mm. and so I felt I felt isolated I felt alone I felt confused um and, and I felt the pain kind of of the world in their denial of, of looking at these bigger questions, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I turned to drugs and alcohol as soon as I found out that they could help me escape all of it. You know, as soon as I found out that I could run away from like all of that, drugs and alcohol became my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it went until I was 26 years old. You know, and then I had this kind of moment, like um, Eckhart Tolle talks about it a lot too, you know, like where you just hit that like point where the suffering is just too much, Mm. you know? And for me, like I hit that point, I hit that rock bottom, if you will. And then, yeah, I I checked myself into the hospital 24 hours later, I checked myself into rehab um, and and I made the conscious decision that I was done suffering. Right. I had no idea what that was going to look like. I had no idea what life on the other side of this was going to offer, if anything. But you made a clear commitment that you were done suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, mm. and that, that's the beauty of the recovering addict, right? Like every single recovering addict on the face of the planet has hit that point and made that choice, mm. you know? Mm. And so, yeah, that, that's a bit about my story, you know, and the, the first couple of years were confusing and chaotic as I had just previously mentioned you know I didn't really align with the 12 steps or or AA so I didn't have any kind of supportive community I was really Mm -hmm. just kind of like alone Um, and and I had a pretty advantaged scenario I had a good job I had a lot of time off I was able to travel the world 
Um, but it was really like internally kind of lonely journey after a lifetime of feeling alone. You know, and so like a large component here with Option C as well is building a community of support and of people who understand and, and have the compassion and care and love to be there for those of us who do want to pursue alternative routes to our healing. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the word community because I often find just in like the, like I live here in Melbourne, there's an amazing Touchwood community here in Melbourne, Australia. Um, and I just reflect on just the nuclear family sometimes and the way society's set up and just how insular that can be just by design and just how, you know, some of these old quotes, like it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, where's the village? <laughs> you know, like you just, you kind of right. don't have the village right. around anymore. And, you know, one of my favorite books on mental health is Lost Connections. Um, and I often find like there's this, you know, we, we, we almost, I, I, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg and maybe you can shed some light on this, but, or maybe we can just explore it is like, you know, is the connection, is there a lack of connection to community that you felt like we fall into drugs and alcohol to sort of connect with other people. And, you know, it, it sounds a bit, um, a bit convenient when I put it that way. But when you look at it, really, like Friday night drinks after work was is such like a common thing, you know. It's like an opportunity for people to connect with their tribe socially, you know. Um, I used to love Friday night drinks before, <laughs> before I quit alcohol, you know. It's like my favourite thing to do pretty much. Um, and, yeah, it was really interesting just to sort of see how my life had to change. Like I had no social life um when that went out you know it was i had to reinvent different ways of connecting with people and it was cool because i did reinvent those ways and new things happened but how much of um drugs and alcohol is facilitating connection in the way society's already woven together as well like at the time were you feeling potentially disconnected from yourself and it sort of helped you find a connection or was that not really the case right and and i love how you wrap that up there at the end because I think the, the thing with drugs and alcohol and where they become detrimental to the individual is within the why factor of, of why they're being pursued. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you are truly, honestly, like at the core, if you're being connected with self, right, and happy and content and, and in a state of non-attachment and flowing through life, you mm -hmm. know, and, and on top of that, like, have the conscious capacity to enjoy a glass or two of wine, mm. like all the power to you, you know, like that's amazing. Enjoy the gifts that this planet has to offer, right? Like of which wine is part, you mm. know, but if you are pursuing drugs and alcohol or, or literally anything else as an attempt to escape or avoid the things that you don't want to deal with, right. Or, mm. or don't currently have the emotional capacity to deal with. Right. Then now we're, we're, we're talking about, okay, drugs and alcohol or, or overworking or overeating or, or whatever, um, what we end up calling addiction. Right. But it's really escapism. Mm. Right. And so this is like, y yes, alcohol, especially like Friday night drinks can be a really, really beautiful thing. Right. But are you going out on Friday night to avoid the fact that you hate the week that you just lived? Mm. 
right? Or are you going out on Friday night because life is amazing and like, let's just have some fun for a couple hours, right? And, and, and they're two completely different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really are. Even as like a, as a social gesture, I had this, um, so it was actually after a trip that I had to Guatemala that I had some real seismic shifts and I came home and I ended up stopping to drink um, alcohol. And it wasn't like a, it was less of a conscious decision, actually. I don't know how to liken this to, I don't know how to articulate this other anything other than it was like a spiritual shift that I had. Um, and so I would see um, people drinking. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And all of a sudden it was the same as them smoking a cigarette. It's really interesting. And we all kind of know that cigarettes are not good for us, right? Um, like it's like, but we don't see that. So we don't have that same association with alcohol. Um, and for some reason, that's what got paired up in my head after I came back from Guatemala. Um, I think this was 2017, 20, I can't remember now, 2016. And I was, and like, I'd see um, someone drinking and I'd be like, but why are you like literally it looked toxic and it looked poison. And I'm not saying alcohol is bad for you. Like I know there are potentially some benefits of it. I don't know. The verdict's still out. So like every year there'll be a study, like two glasses of red wine are good for you. And it's like zero alcohol is good for you. And like, it just, it's like the whole egg thing, you know, it's like, do you eat the yolk? Do you not eat the yolk? Do you just eat the whites? Yeah, right, the whites yeah. and the, <laughs> <laughs> What's good for my cholesterol? I was like, ah, shit, I don't know. So I think the verdict's still out on how much is acceptable and not acceptable, even though everybody has seems to have a definitive answer. But um, I remember just looking at it and I had this really weird, like, and I somehow still carry this perception of like, you know, we're celebrating. It's like you'll go to a wedding or you go to, you know, um, yeah, like let's just say a wedding, like you're celebrating life, you're celebrating togetherness um, and we're all drinking. And like, I know you've got a massive health background as well, but like alcohol kind of like, eats away at your system a little bit, you know, like if you go into the gym, like you don't really prefer alcohol in your system because it's, it's not great for you. It's a like I'm dancing around the word toxic, <laughs> trying not to use yeah, that yeah. word. Right. But it is toxic. But then we celebrate life as a culture by everybody getting toxic. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, isn't that a bit broken? Really? Like I want more life. And so let's do something that kills me. And <laughs> it's like, what? But I think it's just, but I mean, this this is powerful too, because this is where the kind of like larger, if we want to call it like larger level conscious awareness can come into play. Right. Because like, why do we associate drinking and and getting really drunk so much with connection? 
right? Mm. When, like you're saying, like the truth is it's actually toxic and, and in many ways it's actually disconnection, right? The most powerful thing that I realized in my sobriety is because I used to drink for the same reason, you know, like this is how you connect with your friends. This is how you, you know, this is how you live your life and party and, and this is social life. And But the truth was that like more often than not, I didn't remember Friday night. Mm. You know, more often than not, I spent a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars on on a night that I didn't truly remember. Mm-hmm. Right. And now sober, like I still go to parties, right? Mm-hmm. I still go out with friends. I still go to the bar and play pool. I still like, you know, if there's a barbecue at the beach, like I'm still there, right? And I spend borderline zero dollars mm-hmm. and I remember absolutely everything. You know? and <laughs> Much while- to the detriment of others, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, like um, what, what we're seeking, right? Mm-hmm like that connection and, and that love and that bond that perhaps alcohol kind of like loops it up, right? Perhaps it mm. helps us kind of get there. But if, if we opt not to drink at least so much and, and just pursue that social interaction nonetheless, right? Mm. Like because of the way society is set up, it might take us a little bit longer to get there. But when mm. we do get there, like for sure it's, it's much more powerful, you know, that mm. connection, the connection between two sober people, right. is like always a more powerful connection than between two drunk people. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I do want to talk about escapism um, and all the various different things that, um, that we can be like using as a crutch. Cause it's not just alcohol. Like you said before, you said overworking, overeating. So you did mention these things in passing and I want to sort of unpack that. But before we go there, <laughs> I'd like to sort of tune into, yeah, man, like I remember the first time I went to a party and I wasn't drinking for, for, for an, a little bit there, actually, I just avoided parties. Like, I was just like, I just, you know, I just like, no, nah, I'm just not going to put myself in. I'm not going to put my feet to the fire, if you will. You yeah. know, like, I kind of know that, you know, and it wasn't even like I wasn't going to have, um, it wasn't even like I had this fear that I was going to go and I would end up drinking. It was just more like, I'm going to go and there was going to be drinking. I'm going to be the odd one out. And like, I could feel the disconnection before I even left my house, if you will. Right. Um, so there was initially that phase. And then, that kind of period evolved for me into like a, okay, I'm going to go to this person's place and I'm at this party and I forgot, I didn't know what to do with my hands because you're always holding a drink. <laughs> I was just like sitting there and I was like, that was the hardest part of the party. He's like, what do I do with my hands now? Yeah, do you yeah. have some stories like that? <laughs> oh yeah. Man. And, and I mean, full disclosure and word to the wives, like I'll, I'll always, like if I'm at a bar, I get a soda in line for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just have a soda water in line with me because it is definitely like, it is definitely like a really I mean the more you deal with it the less quote awkward it gets but it is an awkward situation when like all of a sudden like people are like what wait wait you don't drink like what's wrong with you mm. you know and you're like mm. man nothing's wrong with me I'm just like not drinking tonight you know but that is a common thing that happens and it's easily avoidable by just drinking like a soda with lime you know yeah um, yeah but yeah, man, like, um, this is, this is true for me as well, you know, like, um, but I think this also full circle comes back to like what we were saying with like your connection with self, right? 
because if if you're in pursuit of connection with self at least in like an honest fashion right like you don't have to like be there quote you know but but if you're in pursuit of that and and you know that that's what you want and and are in pursuit of then other people trying to push you in a direction opposite of that is is not going to be in alignment with you right so you can rather easily say like oh you know that's not for me right but if you're if you don't know what you're in pursuit of or you don't know like what self is right or what that looks like then mm. it's super easy to, to like be manipulated if you will subconsciously even mm. yeah yeah i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying yeah it's a <laughs> it's an interesting environment being the sober one and the, the whole world drinks right like the the social structure is it's so mm. ingrained in today's society yeah but yeah and, and i mean like i said earlier like if, if if you're having a drink like all the power to you you know <laughs> it's mm. just at the end of the day like what we were kind of also just talking about again there is it's all about whether or not you're trying to run away yeah at the risk of making those that are tuning in that are going to continue to drink, which is you're totally welcome to. We're not telling you not to. <laughs> it's definitely not our agenda. Um, as John keeps saying, you know, more power to you. Um, but uh, yeah, there's this really, there's this other funny thing that happens is like when you're the sober one at the party, um, it made me a better human, I have to say, being the sober one. Like I remember when I was getting drunk back in the days, I was like, I was a mess, man. I used to be the mess of the party, like loud, boisterous, as oh, you yeah, can imagine, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, like on alcohol was just like, you know, it was like a whole nother thing. And again, like you said, I didn't remember. And um, imagine my surprise when I'm the sober one at the party and there's like, you know, people are like talking and it's like, okay, well, I can sort of see this place is falling apart. Like let's just say I'm at a house party and I'll start putting all the cans in the recycling and I'm just like tidying up just because it was like, it was like normal thing to do. And I was like, oh shit, this no drinking thing is actually turning me into like a better human. <laughs> I'm tidying up and I'm learning like, and, um, and the, like, I remember I'd be, I'd be doing things and people would come like, like someone that was drunk would come up to me and say something. And I found this so much fun. Like someone would say something and I'd be like, oh, okay. And I'd have a full conversation with them and I'd listen to them and I'm like, yep, awesome. Just like a normal conversation. And then be like, all right, cool. And they'd, you know, go, go make, make their way around the party and I'd be here and I'd do my own thing. And then I shit you not, 20 minutes later, that person would be back and be like, okay, yep. And that particular person said the same thing. Right. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was, it was like Groundhog Day. I was having the same conversation again, 20 minutes later. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, cool. All right, no worries. And then went about doing, and then the third time, and I was like, wait a sec, <laughs> like you're drunk. You're talking to me about the same thing again. And he, and <laughs> I hate to sort of put, put it this way, but it became sort of fun. Like I found my fun being sober at parties in my own way. Cause it was like, uh, and here he comes again. <laughs> it was just like having this little game. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to talk about that thing again. And it's like, you know, you could like, there was totally an opportunity to be like, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to talk about that. But it was actually kind of funny. It was like, oh, and then we got to talk about the same thing again and bang, and we'll talk about the same oh. thing again. Yeah, yeah. By no means judging drunk people because definitely I was like, I was there once. Uh, but there are ways of like kind of having your own fun like and still engaging and still connecting, I guess is what I'm trying to drive home there. Totally. And, and even like completely redirecting your definition of fun, mm. right? Like a, a big thing for me that like 
was one of the largest reasons why I wanted to quit drinking in the first place was because I was missing out on the rest of life. Mm. You know, like I would make plans with my friends to go snowboarding, for example, on Saturday morning. Right. And like everyone's like getting their split boards and their skins and going to the top of a mountain and all my friends are having lunch on top of a mountain and skiing down the backside, you know, and coming back late the next night. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful plan. Saturday morning, we're getting up early, getting started. And me, I'm out till 2, 3 a.m. Friday night, you know, mm. and then when it comes time to go on this adventure, like I can't do it, right? Mm. And so now in my sobriety, like I go home early on Friday night, I go to sleep, I wake up, I'm full of energy, right? And I hike to the top mm. of a mountain, you know? And so it's like, you got to kind of like really sit with yourself and ask yourself, like, what is fun, mm. you know? And, and regardless of your answer, like, what type of fun do you want to actually be having in your life? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and is that kind of just the more, dare I say, like mindless pursuit that everyone follows? Or do you have a different definition of fun and, and, do you have it within you to pursue that regardless of what everyone else is saying you know yeah i think that's really powerful man asking that question of what your definition of of fun looks like and what it really like i think we don't really ask ourselves i I love what you shared there because i think we kind of just drop into what society's idea of fun looks like which is friday night drink well i'm not saying everybody just goes out for friday night drinks but you know that's kind of like a template um that i identified with so i guess it's, it's something that i'm going yeah, yeah me as well and you know when everyone when everyone identifies with it it makes sense to identify with it right mm. but mm. but if, if everyone just subconsciously identifies with the same thing and no one ever dares to say like ah well question like, it. Yeah. yeah like what if this is a load of crap you know yeah like yeah. Then, then no one ever will so and, and, you know, this is a funny thing, too, that, that I'll highlight here. Like, when I first quit drinking, like, some of my lifelong friends, you know, they were like, oh, man, like, you don't need to quit drinking, you know? Like, like what, what's up, man? Like, you're doing great. Yeah. Life's good. Like, keep partying with us, you know? Like, they were kind of in resistance to my new direction. Mm. But some of those same friends now, four years later, like, are coming to me and saying like, Hey man, like you're really onto something here. Like, can you help me like figure out like my mm. own path to sobriety, you know? So it's like, I think at the core of us all, we, we want in one way or another to ask ourselves that question or these questions, you know? Mm. You mentioned your friends and I, I do want to talk about relationships and um, yeah. sobriety and addiction in this conversation, just cause I guess, yeah, I just opened myself up there. Like, I remember I used to, when I was like, I'd go out drinking and my girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, she would have to put up with me (laughs) drunk, right? And she's she's not like a massive drinker, not even close, right? And so she's very disciplined. And you know how some people can take their alcohol well, like she just has one or two glasses and she's good. And then she just comes home, like very mature about it. And uh, meanwhile, it's a bit of what you would probably call an animal. (laughs) Um, And and then there would be certain points and there was this one night where I actually realized um, things were getting out of hand was um, I was at a pub and um, it was the grand final of something and 
having lots of drinks. At some point I got asked to leave and I was like, all right, cool. You know, and I walked out of the pub and there's a cab rank at the front of the pub. And I literally said to put myself in a taxi and take a taxi home. Um, for some reason, I was so incoherent um, that I picked up the phone, called my wife, now wife, back then girlfriend, and I literally turned the corner around the pub into suburbia. And I was just walking down the streets of suburbia and I was just lost. And my wife's on the phone trying to make sense of a drunk partner, girlfriend at the time. And she's just like, what's going on? Like, you know, listening to my bullshit basically. <laughs> and like drunk and, you know, no one else will put up with that. And then like at some point I've fallen over, my phone's cracked, it's died out of battery and like all these things. And then somehow like I wake up in the morning and I'm in my own bed, right? And I clearly remember like that had happened, like that wasn't a, an isolated incident. Like it wasn't happening to me frequently, but it was happening like a few to four times a year. I would be in that kind of state. Like I would work really hard and then blow off steam like nobody's business, work really hard and then blow off steam like nobody's business. And that was kind of my, like my, my how just how I was operating. And I remember that particular time though, when I woke up in the bed in the morning, Normally my wife, like my girlfriend at the time, she'd be like, man, I don't know why you do that to yourself. Like there would be this whole conversation around it. And this time there wasn't even a conversation. It was just like, you're just you, man. And I guess that's just what you do, but it's not really inspiring, hey. Um, yeah. And I could just feel like it felt really odd because inside I was like, shit, anything could have happened in that 30 minutes or three hours that I just walked into suburbia, like, Anybody could have come up to me, mugged me, anything could have happened. And I was just so not in control. And not only that, like I ruined this person's, like this is the person that I care about the most, right? Like touch wood, you know, end up marrying her. And somehow like I'll call her at one in the morning and just stress her the fuck out, right? Because she doesn't know where I am. I can't tell her where I am. I can't tell her what I'm up to and I'm just incoherent and she's worried. And it's just like, what, like, that like the relationships you know and it was getting to a point where she was very understanding and very accommodating and you know love is a <laughs> I'm thinking I'm grateful for a touch of wood but at the same time it wasn't it wasn't a positive thing like it wasn't supportive and I started realizing that was probably the 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 closest mirror in my life which was going actually this isn't working for you man like if you really care about this then and like you said you know for you it was like your trips to the mountain the adventures you know um but for me it was a relationship it was like if you really care about this this isn't conducive to that right you know and, and we all everybody in one way or another has a similar story right like whether or not we've gotten to that point is you know contingent upon the individual right but we we all have uh, you know, something happens in our lives, something unfolds in, in this fashion where we eventually end up in a position where we question ourselves, mm. you know, and when, when we allow ourselves to do that, when we allow ourselves to ask ourselves those harder questions and, and face our own darkness, if you will, mm -hmm. right, this is, this is where we heal and this is where we grow. Right? But what, what is more commonly accepted as the norm, because it's easier, is, is to avoid. Right? Mm. We, we get to that point where like, we know we should be asking ourselves the hard questions, but you know, like next month, tonight, we're going to go to the pub. <laughs> but, 
you know, and, and society, generally speaking, will support this because it allows them to continue to do the same thing. Mm. Right. If, if someone sits down and has like an honest heart to heart with you and is like, Hey man, you need to like face your darkness. Right. Mm. You, you can't really say that to another person if you're not also willing to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so then we get on this kind of like, um, uh, what's it called? Like the hermit wheel. Yeah. Uh, but where hamster wheel. Yeah. Hamster wheel. Yeah. Where everybody's yeah. just kind of running, you know? Um, yeah. And so that, 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 that's a valuable thing to highlight as well. And a large part of, of my intentions with option C is like to show that there is another option, you mm. know, like, like you don't have to suffer and hide from yourself. You don't have to pursue escapism, right? Mm. You, you can, you can ask these hard questions and you can get through them and you can build a new life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for me, one of the questions was like, what are my priorities? Like, is my priority going out and getting fucked up and having a great time every one, every quarter, or is it this person that I absolutely adore <laughs> live with, you know, touch wood. And that's a tough, it sounds like an easy question to ask, but when you're in that moment, it's, it's a tough question. Yeah. But how powerful is that? Right. Like how, how yeah. beautiful is it? it's such a simple question but then also mm. like let's let's honestly reflect on how powerful of a question that is mm. i think of every single human being on the planet like just took an honest moment to ask themselves like what are my priorities mm. you know, the world would become a much more beautiful place if everyone just connected with that on an individual level you know? mm. i love that thank you so much bro so i want to tune in option c so what goes on in my head is like, there was an option A, there was an option B, and this was option yeah, C. <laughs> so, so tell me what's, what's going on with that. Um, and and we, we've talked about it a little bit inadvertently here. Um, but the best way to explain what option C is, is by discussing options A and option B for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the way that I look at it, um, option A is, is the conscious choice to suffer. Right. Option A is the conscious choice to just kind of mindlessly conform. Right. Mm. Option A is Vishen Lakiani of Mind Valley actually he calls it like the culture scape. Mm. Right. Like, and I've always referred to it as the collective ego, um, or or what we can call option A. But it's it's the the just kind of relaxing into the norm. Right. Mm. Even though it puts you in a place of suffering. Right. Option B then is for one reason or another, I don't align with this or it causes me too much pain to face. And so I'm going to pursue some kind of escapism. I'm going Mm. to, in some way, shape or form, try to run away from option A, right? And and we're generally speaking as, as a human race, pretty trapped in this kind of like binary reality where it's like people think if not this, then that. Right. And so it's like, if you don't fit in with the societal norm, if you're not like capable of successfully conforming, right, then you try to escape it. And so option C, like on the, on the grandest level of, of everything that we are is highlighting the fact that you don't have to suffer and you also don't have to run away from your suffering. Hmm. Option C is, is you can heal and you can do it within a community of support and love. And, and as a byproduct of doing that or within that pursuit, you can build yourself whatever you want in life. Hmm. 
You know, you don't have to do it the way you're told. You don't have to suffer as a result. And you also don't have to run away from it all. There is another option. Sounds enlightened. <laughs> Sounds almost too good to be true. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, this is, this is my dream. This is my vision, you know. And, and I think a, a world full of individually self-empowered people, a world full of people who have taken the time to, to sit with themselves, you know, and to, and to take an honest look in the mirror and to honestly ask themselves, like, what do I want my life to look like? Why do I want it to look this way? You know, and then how am I going to get there and being supported along that path of getting there? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a world of individually self-empowered people and then all of the, quote, problems of planet Earth. Like, they, they will naturally delete themselves. Totally believe that. That's the mission behind the inspired evolution, bro. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want yeah. to tune in. Um, so options like stepping through option a option b option c i'm sure your own story went through option a itself and then option b and landed in option c i love the idea behind option c when i hear option c i also hear like c for clean and clear um which i think is really powerful but also what comes to me that i want to ask is man let's talk a little bit about um i guess we can go there because we're brothers so there's a little bit around you know the thing that kind of is your greatest challenge becoming your greatest gift, you know? So for me in my life, it was like, I struggled with depression for six years. Meditation completely reconstituted my life. That became, I became a meditation teacher. And then, you know, career alignment was like one of the biggest changes in my life. And then I became a purpose coach. So like meditation and purpose are these two things that I like, you know, touch with people come to me for now because I've done so much work in that space because those are my biggest challenges. I had to work through all of that and the jewels that I get to came back with like the sword from the hero's journey basically um, is what I get to, to hold in those spaces and I get to support others with that and I feel really blessed by that. I want to just tune in around your journey there, brother, like, you know, having gone through your own journey, um, how much is, uh, I'm going to put it this way, this is interesting, how much of creating option C is part of your own healing journey. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think the, the path of healing ultimately leads us all to a place where we're capable of giving back. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think the whole point of being human beyond just understanding self in a new fashion is, is also the capacity to give to other fragmented individuals. Mm. right like and so yeah like for sure option c is a, is a huge part of my healing journey you know and, and what brings me self-empowerment and what helps me to to feel alive and thriving is to see other people alive and thriving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and and so definitely definitely very intertwined with my own healing journey you know and, and like i said like for me, when I first got sober, I went and did everything that I've done on my own, right? Mm. And like for sure, I would have preferred to have had a community, right? Mm. But I couldn't find a community that aligned with my values. I couldn't find a community that was in pursuit of the same kind of like, if you want to call it like larger level spiritual kind of essence, you know? And searching and searching and searching and searching, I still couldn't find anything. And what I ultimately concluded 
was like, you can't find it because you have not yet created it. Mm. You know? And so, yeah, like, this is for sure part of like my whole healing journey, you know? (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what I heard in there is the the wise old quote, if it's meant to be, it's up to me sort of thing as well. You created what you wanted to sort of witness in the world. So for those that, um, are on a path or are curious to sort of let's just I think there's you know you mentioned many things like it could be um overworking overeating I think overworking is even celebrated in our society as well you know it's another one of those things where like we're escaping yeah (laughs) uh questioning the balance uh I see that a lot as a life coach god um but you know power to the people that are trying to do the best they can with what they've got um but yeah, overworking, overeating, you know, cons- over like overconsumption of alcohol, or you know, all these tools that we have for escapism. Um, is there a bit of formula? Is there a bit of a method to the madness at uh, at option C? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And again, this is the byproduct of my personal journey. Um, but our our mobile application is built around what I call the four foundational pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I realized this along my own journey where I was neglecting myself and where I was overexerting myself. Um, but the four foundational pillars are the physical, the mm-hmm. intellectual, the emotional, and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea and, and what's generated so much success for me is, is that the most holistically balanced individual across the four pillars is is going to produce the most personal success for themselves, right? And so if you honestly think of like physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual as pillars, right? And then on top, if you will, is, is our character, mm-hmm. right? And, and our character is what carries us through life. Our character is what dictates who we are and, and how we present ourselves and, and everything that we really are, right? Mm-hmm. But in order for our character to be level and, and to be you know, strong and, and capable of giving us all that we desire, right? Our pillars got to be sturdy. Our foundation mm. has to be strong. Um, and, and further, that if, if we neglect one, obviously, it, it's going to get weak, right? But also highlighting the fact that if we overexert ourselves in the direction of, of one or two pillars, we inherent, inherently generate too great of a sacrifice in the others. Right. And so like a very common thing, at least with males, when they first get sober is, is they find the gym again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then they'll, they'll get in the gym and they'll get like super jacked, super fit in great shape. Maybe they're even paying attention to their nutrition, but they're giving so much of themselves to their physical pillar that they might not even like consciously realize how much they're neglecting their spiritual pillar or how much they're neglecting their emotional pillar, right? And, and so when we get unbalanced is, is when we start to like lose ourselves, you know? And, and it's not like a perfect 25% every day, boom, boom, hmm. boom, you know? It's just like um, if, if you feel yourself getting anxious or you feel yourself getting overwhelmed or as if life's, you know, inherent, whatever is becoming too much right then you can check in with yourself and be like okay like where am i in balance right like in a, just a general kind of way like oh i haven't worked out in four days 
I should probably yeah. like get into my fitness or, oh, my diet's been slipping, right? Or, oh, I haven't meditated in, mm. in the past five days, right? Or I haven't talked to like someone who I love and care about in the past week. Mm. Um, and so the four foundational pillar concept is the overarching structure of our mobile application, you know, and then we have um, courses within each pillar to help guide specific individuals and in their unique story towards finding that balance. Awesome. So if they need to go deeper, that's awesome, man. That's great. I think that's wonderful. If someone needs to go um, and feels like they need to, yeah, they just need some support on the journey as well. I'm just not, yeah, I don't think, I guess I, what I'm hearing in all of that is it's not even um, if you just want to disconnect, like I think anybody would grow with that. And it just sort of happens that, you know, sobriety, there's a community around sobriety supporting the work. Is that, Kind of the vibe like i feel like yeah, those totally. pillars i believe in <laughs> those have been my four pillars yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. that's the thing is like like my my story like you said and and the fact that this is like part of of my journey as well um mm -hmm. and and where most of my passion is and where i see people suffering the most at least at least at like face value is in drugs mm -hmm. and alcohol right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm our platform and and the four foundational pillar concepts and all of the courses that our platform will have like they're applicable to literally anyone anyone who is in the pursuit of healing who is in the pursuit of, of addressing that which needs to be addressed in order for them to actually move forward you know and yeah like like i said like we all have some kind of escapist tendency right like mm. so What's some of the most interesting escapist tendencies you've seen? <laughs> Without naming yeah. names, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, the most common one that I find fascinating that like none of us even really like consciously acknowledge is social media. Mm. Right? Like how often do you like run away from work and life by scrolling on Instagram for an hour? Right? Mm. <laughs> like, mm. um, but like, I think the most fascinating one that is, is has proven itself the most difficult for me to work within because I don't personally understand it is the addiction to causing drama. Like there are people who get like that dopamine high by creating dramatic events for other people to have to deal with. Huh. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what That's I said. Interesting. Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, like I said, it's all like, are you pursuing something or creating something to distract from something that you're trying to avoid? You know, that's mm. where addiction like, like I define addiction. I don't think you'll find this definition on Google or anything like that. But for me, addiction is a psychological reluctance to face the truth of our emotions. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it has a lot to do with what's gen what's generated within your emotional space then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ad addiction is the byproduct of an attempt at self-medication, right? Like mm. we, we become addicted when we become attached to our escapist tendencies. Mm. And so if you're, if you're not attached 
to that escapist tendency, then you're not addicted to it. Right? Yeah, interesting. And so, but that attachment forms in interesting ways, doesn't it? Because at some point that attachment would have served us the first couple of times we did it. Am I mistaken? Mm. Of course, right? Because it perhaps made you feel good when nothing else did before, right? Yeah. Or it gave you the ability to relax where you couldn't find relaxation elsewhere, right? Mm. Or, or it took the 10 million things that were on your mind and allowed you some time to not think about any of it, mm. right? And, and that feeling, right? Like our subconscious mind doesn't like register what's actually happening. It's just like, oh, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and, and it serves you for sure like you know my drinking wasn't a serious problem for the first five or six years i was drinking mm. you know it kind of like got that way yeah 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 okay. <laughs> yeah agreed interesting yeah i um i'm thinking back to dr gabba mate's work and he talks about um just trauma i'm not talking about addiction but he's talking about how there's attachment and authenticity and for me they both look like connection connection to self versus connection to others and this kind of dance that we're consistently dancing between when he talks about you know and the trauma comes in when we suppress ourselves like the connection to the self is suppressed in order to connect to the tribe and and like that attachment to others Um, and that's kind of what I'm hearing in your definition as well is like that attachment of you know you're looking for that attachment to something and you know you continue to perpetuate that um, and the work is potentially coming back to that connection to self. And, you know, it's not about just being completely self-righteous, but finding a balance between the two and then healing that and yeah, interesting. And they're really, well, and, and this is what healing yeah. is, right. Is returning to self is, is a reestablishment mm-hmm. of connection to self. Right. And, and the reason that so much of today's world does pursue escapism and the reason that so much of today's world feels like they need healing right is is because we're not taught how to properly connect the self from birth Mm. like if if we were supported and encouraged and taught connection to self from a young age and and we were encouraged to prioritize connection Mm. to self right then all of this wouldn't manifest in the way that it has right and we wouldn't be so in need of healing right mm. so like a, another big part of my vision is is a world you know two generations from now three generations from now or, or sooner if we can where where kids aren't growing up into a life that they need to heal from mm. you know and then and then the desire to run away from life like won't be a thing anymore yeah i love that it's like getting uh, getting to the root of the yeah it's interesting and the way you're describing healing like and that's like what's clicking for me is like recovery like recover like recover to recover something is to bring it back right and so recovery is like that recovery of self like you're bringing yourself back coming back to yourself Wow, yeah, man. You you weren't born trying to run away from life, you know. You were just like, wow, look at these toys, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I resonate. I I resonate with that. Celebration is uh, one of my highest values, man. Jono, brother, 
Thank you, man. Thank you so much for um, for for being here and sharing about Option C Recovery, but also just being so open and so raw and so vulnerable with us here today. Like just, you know, even I felt permission to sort of share what's coming up for me in my past as well. And thank you so much for just the grace with which you hold that space. And just, yeah, kudos, man. Like probably kudos is the wrong word to use, but just gratitude, I guess, is probably the right one for, you know, having gone through your own, some people call it the dark night of the soul or whatever, you know, it's it's like the, the going through your own challenges to break down, to break through and come back with kind of your sword and, and just I know you as as, as, a, as, a, as a dear friend and it's just really beautiful what you're offering the world, man, and finding your way through your own healing journey and then helping others heal and recover, um, man, power to you and, and everything you're creating. So from part of me and the Inspired Evolution Tribes on behalf of everybody here, tuning in thank you so much for for sharing yourself with us today and uh, as always man wishing you all the best for the future yeah amazing thanks again brother it's been a pleasure thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the inspired evolution if you're loving these episodes make your way across to youtube click subscribe fresh episodes are launched every monday with highlights being released throughout the week thank you so much And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.